You're listening to the Holy Hot Mess Mom podcast. I'm Heather, and I like to treat this podcast like we're just old friends sitting around in our jam jams with no makeup, a messy bun, and probably some sort of bodily fluid on our shirt from a child. In this show, we chat about homemaking, simplifying mommyhood, Jesus, and everything in between. This is a place where we embrace that life can sometimes be a crazy, beautiful, hilarious mess. I want to give you the encouragement, support, and some practical tips to help you thrive, even when some days you might feel like you're riding the Holy Hot Mess Express. So grab Grab a cup of coffee or wine if it's been one of those days. Relax, let's chat. Welcome to the latest edition of Faith Fridays up in here. I have to admit, because I'm all about transparency and totally admitting that I'm a huge hot mess, I just recorded this whole intro for Diana Vallette without my microphone plugged in. <laughs> so I had to redo it. So this is take two. So this is a warning that you should not podcast and whine, even though I'm only like probably three quarters of a glass through it. I don't know. Maybe I didn't eat enough for dinner. I don't know. But we're podcasting and wine at the same time. And we shall see how this all turns out. I just got off Skype with Diana Vallette. She is a Catholic convert who until about five years ago was a complete non-believer. She thought Christians were either... I love reading this. It makes me giggle. Either one of two things, dumb as rocks or lying about believing. She's really big on truth telling, showing the messiness and meeting people where they are. And she likes to let people know that it's okay when you have times where you're questioning faith in God. And she lays it out like, and this is what you can do with those thoughts. It's really, really refreshing to see somebody who doesn't have this perfect Instagram where she's doing these beautiful flat lays of all the crafts her children are doing that are Catholic and she's going to mass every day and it's an easy walk in the park. Like she's real. And it's nice to see that in this world because sometimes we feel like there's division between these like, I'm clearly not a good enough Catholic Christian and everybody else is doing it right. And everybody else has an easy faith and what's wrong with me. So she says she loves red wine, Mexican food and Cuban food. She's kind of a big deal also when I was reading up on her. At one point in time, Dr. Scott Hahn, who we all know I am a huge fan of, he once complimented her on an article she wrote about her conversion story. And she has actually hung out with Jen Fulweiler before. So she's, she's pretty legit, even though she's, even though she lets people know that she's just a small town Louisiana girl, she's pretty darn legit. She's got great stuff to say. Her talks about faith are amazing and she's real. So if you want to reach her, you can check her out on Instagram at Diana Divulges or on her website, dianadivulges.com. I'll put all of this stuff in the show notes. I'm not going to keep dragging this intro on any longer. I'm just going to get right on in to me and Diana chatting. I'm here with Diana and she is from Louisiana, which I like to pretend like I'm a, I'm a Cajun, even though I'm definitely from Virginia, but I like to call Louisiana home. So hi, Diana. Hi. Hey. So uh, Diana is a mom of four, almost five. You've got like a month or so, right? Like a month? Yeah, 36 weeks. Okay. And I normally have the baby at like 38 weeks. Really? Yes. So technically I have like maybe two weeks left. Oh my god. But I'm in denial and nothing is prepared. Yeah. Yeah, that's about how I was with the twins. It was like, I'm not letting this come. So I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna ignore everything. This is the, like, I am not, I have not nested this time. And I, I'm like, really? oh, it's, coming. it's coming, but it, it's not, it has not. Come it's yet. not coming. No, but maybe your body knows that you need to rest. <laughs> Don't nest. Yeah. Like it's pointless because the baby comes and everything just gets like thrown all to hell anyway. So, so Diana has this awesome 
kind of Instagram and Facebook ministry where she preaches to non-shiny Catholics. So can you explain to people what a non-shiny Christian Catholic is? Yeah. So basically like five years ago, I was a non-believer and I went through this huge, crazy conversion experience where I was on fire for God. I wanted more God. Like I could not get enough God. Um, and I wanted to go to mass every day and I wanted to go to confession every day. And I just couldn't, I was just on fire. And the thing about that sort of fervor is it's not sustainable. So when I came down from that and I joined the rest of the world, the rest of the Catholic world, um, when I looked at it, all the other Catholics, they looked really shiny. And what I mean by that is that they just seemed so rooted in their faith, so unwavering in it. They had it all figured out. I like to say they, they, they wore their crucifixes and they said things like, God has a plan and I'll pray for you. Um, and that's awesome. And God totally, I'm sure he has a plan and please pray for me. But the truth for me, once I came down from that mountain was that my faith was just more complicated than that. And so when I looked out at the world and all the shiny Catholics were all that I saw, I decided I could either lay the whole God thing aside and go back to my way of life before. And you can't do that, right? Once you know there's a God, you can't unknow that there's a God. Mm-hmm. Or I could just be completely honest about what it felt like for me. And when I did, that's when I heard a lot of me too, me too, me too from other people. Yeah. So yeah. So. So I think your, uh, your message, so I'm not a convert. I'm a cradle Catholic, but I, right around five years ago was when I had my big God moment and I've had a lot of trials in life, but, um, something about having kids, I think makes you question God a lot, but I have this like ridiculous problem where I can't just question something and leave it alone. Like I have to question it and then dive into it and like really and so I feel like there's so many people out there who might be maybe content with, eh, I don't know. And, but then there's people that aren't, but maybe they don't know where to look, you know, or how to do what the church says you're supposed to do. And so I love how you've talked recently on Instagram about how to pray and how to read the Bible, because as a Catholic growing up, it's like Father, Son, Holy Spirit, you're supposed to read the Bible every day because that's what the Bible says and you're supposed to pray. But then they like send you on your merry way and they don't tell you what to do. And if you're trying to model off of mass, it's like, well, I can't do that at home. <laughs> you know, mass yeah. is a lot. I don't have all the things and I can't do mass at home. So how am I supposed to do that? So can you walk through kind of your your big things that you would suggest or tell somebody if somebody came to you and said, if it's like an alien off of another planet and you're just like, okay, this is what prayer is. And like, this is how you should try to do it. How would you explain that to somebody? Yeah. So I think something you said was interesting, like how you said that you're one of those people that just like when something, when you have a question about something, you dive into it. Okay. I don't think that's what most people do. I think most Catholic women especially cradle Catholics or people that were raised in the faith, there is some sort of like fear or shame surrounding the questions and doubts they have. So they avoid them. Like, how dare you question the church? You're just <laughs> supposed to believe with no questions. Yeah. Right. Right. And then they're, or they're, 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 they're afraid. They're scared. Like, what if I question this thing and it doesn't hold up to my questions? So I think for anybody first of all, who's, who's Catholic and who wants to be better and do better and live their faith more, um, dynamically, the first step is to really be honest 
about what those questions are. Because whenever you stuff them down and you ignore them for so long, you're not even aware of them. Mm -hmm. So step one would probably be bring those questions up to yourself, bring them up to God, bring them to prayer, like say the stuff that you're thinking out loud. Because when you do that, you invite God in. And he already knows like the things that you're worried about and thinking about and doubting. You're not, you know, you're not pulling one over on him if you don't, if you just pretend like it's unexisting. Mm -hmm. Um, And so that would be, that's always step one for me, because what I think is beautiful about our faith and is really unique about our faith is that it does stand up to those questions. And that if you ask the question, you're going to find an answer. If you really look for it, that's going to make you feel better about it. Makes sense. Yeah. Like there's a reason why like this is he, like Jesus is the way, the truth and the life is like the more you dive into it, it's no longer this like mystical creature that's untouchable and understandable. Of course, I mean, it's, we're not, we're never going to be completely, completely able to understand God. But when you, when you really try to understand why the church does this and why the church says that and why these traditions have been traditions that have been around since Moses, you know, then it's like that reaffirms your faith and it's okay to ask those questions and it's okay to look into it. Cause I promise you those questions are going to lead you to the truth, which is within the church, you know? So I think that's such a big thing is to tell people like, it's okay to ask questions, you know? Yeah. I think it's like, not only is it okay, like the faith, if you've had a faith life where your whole life you've just been Catholic and you've never asked the questions that are like burning, like they're so deep within you that you don't even know that you have to ask them because you've been ignoring them for so long, you're missing out on this whole, I mean, that could cause a different, a whole different relationship with you between you and Christ. If you were to just open that door and trust him mm-hmm. and yourself enough to trust whatever comes from that. Yeah. And I think something important to remember too, is that, um, God is, he made us as free beings free to choose him. And it's because love has to be free in order for it to be real love. And so the whole God is love being is that it has to be free. And in that essence, if you don't ask, and if you don't say like, I'm going to let you in God so I can figure this out, then he's going to stand on the outside of the door, just like gently knocking. He's not going to push himself on you. But if you open the door and say like, I have this, I really don't understand why the Pope, like why I don't, I don't get that. Explain it to me, you know, then he's going to put those things in your path. But if you just push them down, then like it's the opportunity to get them answered and to enrich your faith is never going to happen. For sure. Yeah. I think that's the game. I think that's the game changer. That's one thing that if just people who are complacent in their faith, but they know deep down they want more, that's the one thing like that, which is such a counter. It's like, it doesn't even make sense, but that would be my advice to them would just be really dig deep. What are the questions that you have? And now ask them and trust to trust enough to ask them out loud. Yeah. Okay. So when you sit down to pray slash read the Bible, what does yep. it actually look like to like, what would you tell somebody that it, it looks like? Okay. So I think as Catholic women specifically, we don't read the Bible. If we, if you are, an, if you are a person who has like stuffed down the questions that you have, you're probably also not reading the Bible regularly because no one has given you an explicit like permission slip. 
and you're waiting for that permission slip. So this is Diana giving you the permission <laughs> slip. Like, welcome. You are welcome. Okay. First of all, so get over that. You're, you're invited. You're allowed. Um, what that looks like practically for me, I've tried it many different ways. And the way that it works best is that I have to wake up before the other people in my family wake up who don't know to leave me alone. So like if my husband is awake or my eight-year-old is awake, that's fine. They won't interrupt my time. But like the two-year-old is not about like respecting not to ask me for breakfast. You know, you know, like she's mm-hmm. hungry. So I have to, whatever time that looks like for your family, you have to wake up before those people wake up. And you grab your cup of coffee and you're in your pajamas and you're aggravated that you're awake because you don't, you just wanted to sleep more. But like the truth is that even ha- had you even slept that amount, you'd still be tired. Like we're just yeah. all tired. <laughs> Get over it. Welcome to motherhood. Yeah. You are going to be tired for the next 18 plus years. Exactly. <laughs> like don't stop deluding yourself. Like 15 minutes is not going to help you. Yeah. So you wake up before that, you grab your cup of coffee and you sit in your pajamas and you, I, what I do is I start off small. So I will read the daily gospel reading, the daily mass gospel reading of the day. And you can find that a bunch of different ways. Um, you can even just Google it and it's right there for you. And I find it in my physical Bible. I think it's important Mm -hmm. to have an actual Bible. We all have, you can Google whatever reading you want uh, on your phone, but I think there's just something to be said about having the actual book. So I will look that, that reading up in my Bible, I will read it and I will write anything down in my prayer journal that stirs my soul, which means anything that jumps out at me for any reason. And things can jump out at you for any number of reasons. They can jump out at you because you've never heard it before, or you've never heard it put that way before, or because it seemed, it, it doesn't, it doesn't seem possible to you. It seems wrong or it seems mean, or you're confused, you don't even know what it means, or it seems beautiful, any reason. And I write that down and I think through it. And sometimes when I think through it, I come to a conclusion. I come to something that the Holy Spirit wants me to know for that day. And sometimes I don't, sometimes it's left unopened. It's Mm -hmm. left unanswered. So I do that until I feel finished. And once you start praying enough and you start um, using this method enough, you will come to a point where you start to feel finished. And before you, um, really respect that finish line, mm-hmm. you sometimes push past it and you're, and you, you'll push past it a couple times and you're like, okay, no, like I should have ended back then. And, and yeah. it's hard, hard to explain that, but once you've done it enough, you'll know. And the thing, the, the thing about that, the thing about reading the Bible and praying in the morning that I think is really important is that that's the way that I do it. So I do it with a piece of paper and I'm journaling and I'm prayer journaling. Mm -hmm. But what I hear from a lot of women is that they try to prayer journal and it's just not their jam. Like they try to prayer journal and they hate it. Yeah. So if you've tried prayer journaling before or Bible journaling and you hate it, this is another permission slip. Like you don't have to do it that way. You can just read it and sit quietly and think about it or talk to God about it. You don't have to prayer journal about it. So I guess that's more of my method. Um, And anytime that I'm really active at doing that, anytime that I'm really faithful showing up, it transforms the other parts of my day to be slightly more peaceful, slightly more um, my, my eyes on the prize. I I know what, like my day is rooted. Yeah. 
where I don't do it because I'm tired or something happens or the seasons, even the seasons where I'm depressed and I can't even make myself do it. Things are just not as even or not as peaceful. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And I think too, just as a mom, I don't know. Have you ever read the miracle morning? Have you ever read that book? I've, I've, I've heard of it before, but I don't think I read it. So it's like this, I mean, it's totally secular. It's just like this guy's method on like, get your butt up, you know, before everybody else. And how, like, if you want to be a real estate mogul, if you want to be whatever, you know, wake up before everybody else, drink a full glass of water, put your alarm clock across the room, like all these things. But he talks about like your, the first two hours of your day are the most productive. And And so if you can align those with the things that are most important with you. So if it's growing your real estate business or whatever, then like you would put that first before anybody else wakes up or does anything. But for me, I kept like getting this knock, like God's like, you're kind of a jerk when your kids are the people waking you up, you know, and you have no patience when the first, you know, because the second my two-year-old wakes up, she wants food. And like the, I don't want to feed people the second I wake up. But then I, you know, then you got the gospel readings and like, I'm not a shining Catholic. So like, I don't even know where it is in the Bible, but you know how Jesus had to go wake up while it was still dark and yeah. go get his orders from the father. And yeah. like, who am I to think that I can get my orders for the day without talking to the father first, you know? So I don't do it every day. There's some days I do want to sleep in and I pass it up, but I can tell the days that I do wake up and just open the Bible and just read through it and highlight some things that I think are kind of like, I do like a, I highlight like what you're saying, like anything that kind of stirs my soul and I'll underline something that's like, I don't know about, you know, like I want clarification on that. And so I'll kind of just read and then things that I have no clue what it means, I'll circle. Like, I don't know what that word means (laughs) or whatever. And that way when I, I don't have to keep my phone out the whole time while I'm doing it, but then I can like, you know, read a half a page and then be like, okay, I've kind of come to a, like this parable or whatever is over. And so I can look back and and kind of dissect it on my own, you know, because I heard somewhere or read somewhere that like God might be speaking to you during that time, or he also might be speaking to you to speak to somebody else later in the day. So, you know, it's a good thing to be like, maybe this has nothing to do with me. And I feel like I didn't really spiritually get anything out of this this morning, but like, what if you're going to meet somebody at two 30 in the, you know, OB's office <laughs> that you need that wisdom from, you know? And so I think really waking up early is a huge key to just kind of aligning. It's like setting the ship right for the day. Like it could still go completely off course, but you've kind of like set the GPS to autopilot, hopefully, you know, towards God. Yeah. I think that's just, I mean, even, even people, it's not necessarily just Catholics or Christians or whatever people just in general, there's something to be said about waking up in a way that isn't chaotic and stressful. Yeah. And even though that's only a few minutes of waking up and like that, those few moments were stressful, they do set the tone for the rest of your day. Mm -hmm. Another thing too, that I think is important whenever we talk about reading the Bible and praying through that is to remember that you're reading the Bible, not to like become a biblical theologian. Yeah. Like a historian, like you're reading the Bible to hear what the Lord has for you today mm-hmm. so yeah. you're not liable to hear like what the writer of the book of luke meant whenever he said this thing and why he included it and and whenever you whenever you set that aside that also releases some of the fear that i think catholics have with reading the bible and how what if i'm misinterpreting it and mm-hmm. because 
church is the the church we we, we interpret the the scripture through light through the wisdom of the church right and so like when me and you are laying in our bed we don't have the wisdom of the church like available to us and yeah don't look for it which you can do that's fine but you're not reading it for that purpose you're reading it to hear to just be rooted in who God is, who Christ is, and what that means for you. Yeah, like you're not reading it to turn around and go give a sermon on it and like make sure that you're not wrong. Exactly. You know, you're reading it just for like, what are the little tidbits that are going to spark in your heart about how I'm supposed to gather this grace for today? You know, <laughs> how is God going to speak to me about my life today? Not about, you know, what's happening down the street or, you know, just how is God speaking to me today? So, in terms of prayer, then, do you kind of count this all as prayer? Do you pray throughout the day? Do you have like a prayer at night thing that you do? What do you do in terms of prayer? Yeah, no, that's my, that's my prayer. Like the morning is when my prayer time and that's, that's all lumped into one. Um, because I'm so pregnant and I'm just a morning person in general, like at nighttime, if I were to spend any amount of time in prayer, it would be out of obligation, which is good, right? It's cool to like push yourself and like feel yeah. or whatever, but, um, it wouldn't be, it wouldn't be something that would fill me up and like make me feel like I'm remembering who God is. It would yeah. be just doing out of obligation. So, um, for me, morning prayer is where it's at. But I think for people who don't have morning prayer as an established routine, a good way to like dip your toe in the lake of morning prayer of prayer is just to say like little things throughout the day, like pick, pick a mantra, pick something to remind yourself of what you believe and who's in charge. Like say, Jesus, I trust in you. I was just like, going to say St. Faustina is my, she's my sister. Yeah. <laughs> or say like, Lord, I am willing. Like mm -hmm. you're making peanut butter sandwiches. You're fixing the 43rd snack of the day. Cause why are they hungry all the time? We don't understand all the time. And just say, Lord, I am willing. And not only is that turning your mind to God, not only is that a sign of obedience, but now you've given like that there's grace in that. So now mm -hmm. when you're making that peanut butter sandwich, you don't hate everybody as much. I mean, yeah. you still hate you're like a normal person. Yeah. But you still hate it, but <laughs> Yeah. There is um, like a quote by Mother Teresa and she says something to the effect of don't wash the dish because it's dirty. Wash it because you love the person that's going to use it next. Yeah. And like, that's kind of my mantra is like, like out of a Jesus-y love, like I'm going to make you this snack that I don't want to make you because I just tried to sit you down for 30 minutes to eat this sandwich I made you that you're not eating but I'm going to love you anyways. I'm going to give you the snack, you know? So yeah, that's a, that's a good thing to do is like find a mantra, you know, maybe look, look up to a saint that like battles something like mine is anxiety and depression. And I, that's why I really kind of lean on St. Faustina is because she was like a stuff. She dealt with a lot of suffering, especially internal suffering. Like people didn't really realize how kind of scary the internalness of her was. And so I really look up to her. So the Jesus I trust in you, I've got that as the background on my phone, just so it's like, keep remembering, you know? Read <laughs> her diary. I'm like probably three-eighths through it. Okay. The first page of her diary has this prayer mm -hmm. that's like beautiful. It's about, I, I want to say it's about like trusting and just letting go of anxiety. 
and I've highlighted that that first page of her diary because it's so such a beautiful just reminder about anxiety and and trusting in who like trusting in who God is because it's hard because we're on this side of the earth we're on this side yeah of the earth. yeah yeah, but that's a beautiful, they have, there's a beautiful prayer there for anybody who's, yeah, that's an awesome, it's an awesome, awesome read too. I tend to, the advice I got from my spiritual director was to use the morning as my, get my, you know, goings from God for the day and read the Bible when your mind's like open and it's not clouded by what the whole day has already done to you, you know? You're not sitting there with the guilt that you've yelled at your kids, you know, and all these things. It's like, it's a new day and you wake up and you're getting your direction from God. And then you say your little prayers throughout the day. And he even warned me, like, if you're doing things just out of obligation and your heart is really not in it, then like it could very easily turn to superstition. And so to watch it, you know, so he was like, it's great if people want to say the chaplet of, di- of divine mercy at 3 p.m. Like, that's great if it's bringing them closer to God. But if they're doing it to check a box, that's not okay, you know? And yeah. that was something I needed to hear because I felt like all the shiny Catholics, like, say their Angelus and they <laughs> say the, the chaplet and their rosary is said every day. And, like, they've got prayers before meals and after meals. And they've got holy water at every entrance of their house. And I'm clearly failing, you know? And so he was just like, if it's not bringing you closer to God, you know, if, if you're fulfilling all the obligations you need to fulfill and it's not bringing you closer to God, then you need to find another avenue. You know, like St. Francis found that in nature and some people love nature. I'm not really a fan, (laughs) so I don't want to be out in nature, but you know, if you do, then maybe like sitting on your back porch at the end of the night and sipping a glass of wine and just appreciating God is your closest way to feel close to him. You know, for other people, like for you, it might be evangelizing and writing, you know? And so then that's when he said, you know, at the end of the day, that's kind of my time to reflect on the past day and then set intentions and kind of ask for help for the next day. And I liked looking at it that way, because if I try to sit down at the end of the day, when I'm tired and maybe we had a good day, maybe we had a bad day, you know, then I'm thinking about all those things and I'm not able to properly digest the word that's in front of me, even if it's just the gospel reading for the day. Like I have to be able to be open to whatever God's telling me. And if I'm clouded by the rest of the day, then I can't do that. You know? Yeah. My spiritual director said an interesting thing about box checking, because I think as Catholics, all of us go through seasons in our lives where we are box checkers, right? We, we find this routine that really works Mm -hmm. well for a long time and we're on a spiritual we're in a good place spiritually and so we ride that horse and then eventually the horse doesn't ride as well there's something off there's something weird with our the boxes we're checking it doesn't feel as fruitful or there's something missing or whatever Mm -hmm. but we're scared we're scared that if we stop checking those boxes we're like one mistake away from like poo-pooing on the whole thing and god like just ruining it Mm -hmm. but Truth is that sometimes whenever the boxes that you're used to checking are being checked and you're not feeling the same sort of vibration you felt before, it's because God's inviting you to something else. Mm -hmm. You keep checking those boxes, right? Then you don't have time to do the something else. And just think about how fruitful that something else could be. Like maybe God idea than we do like maybe he knows what he's talking about. Right? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I would love it if you talked a little bit about your faith challenge for Catholic women, kind of how it gets started, what it's evolved into, and where people can get in on it. 
Yeah. So, okay. My, I'm, I'm a huge reader and by proxy, a writer. Uh, it took me a long time to be able to say I was a writer because I thought that in order to say you were a writer, like other people have to agree with you. Like if you say you are an artist, other people have to say that is an artist. If you're a musician, other people have to say, oh, that she's a musician. But like I learned that, nope, just me saying it, is, that's enough. That counts. Yeah, yeah, so, right. <laughs> so I have always been a writer. It's been my passion always. And so I'm a big reader. And I'm so, so anybody who's a big reader or a big writer, their life goal is to write this book, right? So my life goal has always been to write a book. So I, I sat, I made a goal. I'm like, okay, that's it. I'm writing a book. So I would wake up at like five o'clock in the morning and write this book. And I was about like six chapters into this book that I was like so excited about before I realized that all I was doing was rewriting the book of Luke from the Bible. Like I was plagiarizing the Bible. I was just rewriting the Bible <laughs> in my own words. Oh my and so I'm like, oh, mm, that's actually not allowed or a good idea. Um, <laughs> So I was, I was like, People are going to be like, uh, I heard this somewhere and yeah. I don't think this is original. <laughs> like what an idiot. Okay. And like, I was like, oh, this is so good. And then when I took a step back, I'm like, oh, nope, can't do that. No, it's so, good because it's, it's actually, it's just the Bible. <laughs> right. Been done before. Um, so I went to my husband and I was like, okay, I just wrote six chapters of this book that is actually just me plagiarizing the book of Luke. What do I do? And he's like, well, why do you want to write a book? And I'm like, I don't know. I just have always wanted to write a book. And he's like, yeah, that's probably not a good enough reason. Yeah. I was like, you know, that makes sense to me. That's probably not a good enough reason. Just because I've always wanted to is not a good enough reason. So I um, took a step back from that. And I started thinking, how could I help people instead of just writing a book because I wanted to just write a book? What can I do to help the people that are already showing up for me? The people that are already like kind of following me on social media and the questions I get. And I started thinking about that. And the number one question I got from people was and continues to be, hey, you've really inspired me with how um, authentic you're being about this whole thing. And you're making me think that maybe there's a place in Catholicism for me too. So how, what's my first step? What should I do? How do mm -hmm. I get into this thing? And I wanted to like sit down with everybody and like have an hour long conversation, but I didn't have enough time. Yeah. So my book is kind of the answer to that question. Hey, you want to be a better Catholic? You want to take a step in? You want to be different? You want to live your faith out in a way you haven't before? This is what you do. The seven day faith challenge is what you do. Seven days of different steps. It's a workbook of what you do. So mm -hmm. that's kind of where it came from. That's awesome. So it was really cool because... I don't even remember who told me to follow you or what it was. I mean, we were living in New York at the time. So it's not even like I was in like this Louisiana circle thing. Yeah. And, um, which is funny because my, like my closest friends here in Louisiana have, I guess, been to domestic church things with you. My friend, Amy, um, Minnesota, an M. <laughs> M state somewhere up the north. That's really cold. Yeah. She, she like the other day, she was like, oh, yeah, like, I know Father Mike Schmitz, and I'm, like, friends with... Excuse us, she knows Father Mike Schmitz? Right? I know. She was like, oh, yeah. And then she tells me, she's like, yeah, I always tell him, like, ha, 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 he's... Father, what a waste, is what she calls. I mean, that, I agree. That's actually very, very valid. Like, let me just text him about something. I'm like, oh, my gosh. Like, what is this? I need to go to whatever this church is in M-State, uh -huh. because... 
I need to meet all these cool priests and stuff. Yeah. So where can anybody find you on social media? Where's kind of like your best place to hang out and find you and all your wonderful words of wisdom? Yeah. So my favorite place to hang out is Instagram, just because I feel like it's a more positive place than Facebook. I sometimes get into, get sucked into the Facebook vortex Mm -hmm. and you can find me on Instagram at Diana divulges. My website is dianadivulges.com and I'm on Facebook too. Um, I try to, uh, like I said, not spend that much time there because it's just a crazy mix in there and you can kind of, my name on Facebook is just, it's not a page or anything. It's just my profile. It's Diana Vallette. Vallette is is V-A-L-L-E-T-T-E. So that's it. Awesome. And then um, talk a little bit about the cheat sheet that you just made because I'd love for people to know about that. Yeah. Okay. So I had this document living on my computer because I'm a nerd where anytime somebody would ask me a question, cause I get a lot of the same questions. I'm sure you do too. A lot of the same questions over and over again. Um, I made a document. So like if someone said, Hey, this really terrible thing just happened in our family and I'm heartbroken and I don't understand why God would allow this to happen. Mm-hmm. And everyone keeps saying like God has a plan and I'm heartbroken what do I do? So I would like go through, I'd spend that day going through the internet and finding the best resources to answer that question. Why does God allow crappy things to happen? Yeah. And I link articles and videos and, um, things, prayers, Mm -hmm. compiled it all in this document that ended up being 13 pages long. And I kept waiting for people to ask me questions. And then I realized, why am I keeping this myself? Like, let me share this. So I have that 13 page document that I sent out recently to my email group just so that they could have it. Cool. Cool. I love it. Awesome. Okay. So if anybody's interested, I really, really highly suggest going over to her Instagram page. She's got just like gems of realness that make you feel like it's okay to not be an absolutely perfect Christian and that you can still get to heaven when you're not wearing a habit and like being completely silent and in prayer all the time, you know, like you can be a mom and you can have bad days and like, you can still have the goal to be going to heaven and to educate yourself and not just be a completely blind follower of the church. You have to follow God, but like, it's okay to also ask questions to deepen your faith. And so I'd really, really highly suggest doing that. And then somehow, I don't know, I signed up for your email list like three times, like three of my <laughs> random emails. So I woke up the other morning and it's like, cheat, 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 cheat. <laughs> it's like, awesome. Yeah. So um, I don't know if she's going to send it out again because I know she didn't want to like constantly send it out. So she was like, get on the email list, but follow her on social media. And if she ever does send it out again, then you can get the cheat sheet again. So it was really, really good talking to you. I'm glad I got to get you, get you on your break night. Yeah. I'm so glad. Yeah. Ask me to do this. It was fun. Yeah, I might bug you again on another topic. <laughs> this episode is over, but there's lots more content for you to check out on my website. Head over to holyhotmessmom.com for all sorts of downloads, posts, and ridiculous stories, as well as the show notes for today's episode. Don't forget to find me on Instagram and Facebook at Holy Hot Mess Mom, as well as in our exclusive Mama Facebook group by searching Holy Hot Mess Mamas. That's Holy Hot Mess M A M A S. So we can connect, share, encourage, uplift, laugh, and be virtual best friends. Do you have a topic or something you want to hear about on the show? Shoot me an email at podcast at holyhotmessmom.com. I'd love to hear your suggestions. 
If you liked this episode, would you do me a huge favor and head over to your podcast app and give us a rating and review so that more ladies can find our podcast. The more great reviews we have, the wider we reach with our support, tips, laughs, and encouragement. I would really appreciate it. Until next time.